Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand finances, well, they can be confusing, but you don't have to face it alone, and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and your host for the next 30 minutes. And what a great 30 minutes we have in store. I don't know if you've been listening, but the last two weeks, we have been talking about wealth transfers. And not the wealth transfers where you spent money and now you've lost that money and you transferred it away unknowingly and unnecessarily. Oh no, we're talking about the fun wealth transfers where the money actually comes to you and the importance of knowing, hey, when this money's coming, what do I do with it? Now, we have heard that over 70% of the wealth is going to transfer into the hands of women. And just so that my compliance is nice and happy, I want to let you know there's a link citing where the sources are that give me the right to make that claim, even up to $30 billion going into the hands of women. So you can read more about that. If you're on my YouTube channel, you can see the links below and be able to dive right in. But here's the exciting part. I truly believe, personal opinion, hey, that money's coming. If they're talking about this transfer that's happening, then we need to be ready for it. And that's why we spent the last two weeks and we're going to talk about it this week. Well, what do we need to do to be ready? If money's heading our way, how do we know that we are positioned that we can A, receive the money. And then the next step would be, okay, now that I've got it in my hand, what do I need to do so that I can grow it? And once I've grown it and cultivated it, then how do I make sure that it gets to the next generation so that they're able to receive it, cultivate it, grow it nice, and then send it to the following generation? Because isn't that what it's all about? So we want to make sure when we're talking about wealth that we're all in alignment, that we're understanding the steps we need to take. So one of the steps we talked about is, okay, in order for this to come, we need to make sure that we, A, have spiritual awareness, right? We need to understand that maybe, just maybe, money coming to you is because it's for something bigger than you. See, when this money comes to us, if we just let the money transfer to us and we don't allow it to transform, to bring the redemptive purposes that God has for it, then what is the money being sent to us for? I can't believe it's just for Red Sox tickets. Not saying, though, we could go to a couple games and maybe we might buy a little stock, but that's really not what the whole focus is. And let me just clarify, no. That was not a recommendation. So with that being said, we have to understand there is a spiritual responsibility. Now, we're not going to dive into that today because A, if you've listened to me for any amount of time, you know I'm always going to circle back to about expanding the kingdom of God. But you can also just go on to our YouTube channel, which many of you are looking and watching me right now. But on our YouTube channel, we talk about what do we do to make sure that we have a kingdom mindset when this money is coming? How do we make sure that we have stewardship that's proper? Because I don't believe God wants us to live as paupers and just barely squeak by. No, if, if you have water flowing through a tube, guess what? the tube gets wet too. So if we're just the conduit that God's flowing that money through, well, we're going to get to partake of it. We just want to make sure that the lion's share is getting through to where God wants it. In fact, one of the things I shared just a couple weeks ago was that God had me set a lifestyle ceiling 
Oh, yeah, that was fun. Saying, hey, okay, God, I want you to know, even though there's nothing on earth that's legally binding to this, it's legally binding with you, Lord. And this is the amount I'm eating of seed. And anything after that, you can send because I won't eat your seed. I'll get it to the right places where it needs to go. And that's all part of that stewardship journey, understanding, you know, that this is bigger than us. One more point, I promise. And then I'm going to go on to the next I want to talk just a reminder. We talked a little bit about financial freedom versus financial independence. Today was such an exciting day. I met with a client. Such a good meeting because after we went over everything, she had annuities, she had cash value life insurance, she had great savings. We had, yes, we still had stocks in the market. We had all of this. And she said, Crystal, I really don't care. I wake up in the morning and I can feel the presence of God. I know that I'm doing good stewardship with my money. I know it's positioned properly, so I am being accountable. But I have a freedom inside knowing that my finances are under control and he will keep me fed. That is financial freedom. The problem is, is that financial planners have been taught and the world has been taught, no, you need financial independence. You need to be able to look at your spreadsheets and let those spreadsheets tell you you are safe instead of stepping out and what God is telling you to do. If, and I'm just going to put a challenge out right now, I just feel so quickened, who's ever listening, understand spreadsheets are exactly, well, I shouldn't say exactly, they are very much needed, right? I love spreadsheets. I think accountability and stewardship, that is critical. We have to be good stewards. God's not going to send something that we're just going to be frivolous with. But we have to understand if our spreadsheets are telling us not to do something, and yet our spirit is saying, nope, this is what God is telling me to do. I need to move in this direction. Buddy, move, right? I mean, we want to look at what we're doing in relationship to if the fact that God owns it all, do you need him to deplete something and then you know to move? Do you need him to make it so big and then you quote unquote have faith to move? Oh, wow. Sorry. I didn't mean to touch whatever nerve that was. But what I would say is it's all his, right? He's giving it to you to steward. So one of the things that we need to do is we need to do good accountability, good stewardship, but we need to be open to flow with the things of God. Now, that is just one way, just one way that we uh, prepare for this huge transfer of money that I believe is coming our way. Now, what is the second way? Well, we talked about it a little bit last week. Didn't get as much time to talk about it, so I want to review it. And that deals with emotional intelligence. And I am so excited to be talking about this today, emotional intelligence with everything that's gone on with Silicon Valley Bank. Whoop, whoop, we're going to have fun. Buckle your seatbelts because here's the deal. Emotional intelligence, many times people poo-poo it. Oh, Crystal, you're female. Please don't say that to me again. I am well aware. You're female. You're just talking about emotions because you're female. No, I'm talking about emotions because if one plus one equaled two, and we all did our finances like that, we'd all be on a beach somewhere, right? But because finances are intertwined with the emotions, many times what happens is, okay, our emotions take control and we don't do what is logical and what is the right thing to do. Now, you might say, but Crystal, just a moment ago, you said to be moved by the spirit. This is where spiritual awareness and spiritual maturity 
works hand in hand with emotional maturity, which works hand in hand with the third quotient, which is financial savvy. When you have all those three functioning together, you can hear the voice of the Lord. It's not just, oh, I got goosebumps because sometimes God doesn't have goosebumps. God time, sometimes God just speaks through someone and says, hey, and it witnesses in your spirit. You have a quickening. Sometimes he speaks through his word and you're like, huh, okay, that word's for me. So having a spiritual maturity must be in combination with an emotional maturity. And I know I'm going all over the place. I have so much to share with you today, but that so reminds me, I I have a friend, she is so spiritually mature and hears from God like, no, tomorrow you just call her. It's like, I, I need to know on something. And she's like, oh yeah, God just told me that yesterday, right? But there's a lack of emotional maturity. So you can hear God and then be emotionally mature and put up a temper tantrum and say, I don't want to walk out what God told me to do. And your emotions can actually override what you're supposed to do. So that's why it's so important that our emotions, we have to have that maturity. If 30 billion, and I'm not saying that's the exact amount, but if 30 billion is heading towards women, we have got to be emotionally mature that when that money comes, We don't go into overload. Well, we've got to make sure we buy everything for the grandkids and the great grandkids and all our friends and the newest car and the greatest jewelry and the biggest fur. Can I just keep going on? But that's what happens, right? We have to have the latest purse. If we got $30 billion, I know some of you may not admit that, but wouldn't that be a tempting thing to happen? But if we can begin to have emotional maturity and say, wait a minute, I don't need to look at all the things that are out there to prove and buy them that I have value in the kingdom of God. I don't actually need that stuff. In fact, most of my wealthy clients don't have that stuff. They have a really solid, nice, dependable car, but you wouldn't know it at first glance that they are wealthy. And in fact, if you want to, which I hate going to, but if you wanted to look at Hollywood, many of those who become in the billionaires club, they don't dress like the millionaires and the sub-millionaire club. They don't need to because there's an assurity in their spirit. What if we walked with emotional maturity that we could make decisions that we weren't still in that place where we're trying to prove things to people? I truly believe spiritual, emotional, and then the financial savvy, that's what helps us to create, to cultivate, and keep wealth and even transfer it to the next generation. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this emotional maturity. I... uh, I'm working with a fitness coach right now. I have coaches for different areas of my life, and she has been sending me these videos. I got to tell you about this. This is so cool because it impacts how the money's going to go. And don't worry, we will talk about SVP and we will talk about the banking. Oh, we have so much to talk about. So when she sent me this fitness coach that I have, she sent me videos. So I'm thinking, okay, these videos are going to be like why I need to eat green vegetables and, you know, how to make carrots taste good 500 ways. You know, I was so excited. But anyways, because it's part of the program, I said, okay, I'll watch this video. It was phenomenal. This is what the video is. And you may have seen this. So, and, it, and if this is something you want to see, you let me know, right? Get a hold of my office. I will send you the link to this. It was so cool because it was on America's Got Talent. And it's not about vegetables. So America's Got Talent before it starts. So this is during the pandemic. Remember when we had those big screens and you could look to see how many people were on and you do those big conferences and it was all just screens kind of freaky now that we think about it. But it was all the people's faces on it. 
So this guy comes out, and before he gets on stage, he does this little video. And he does this video about the power of marketing and the power of suggested thoughts. And I'm thinking, oh, what is she showing me? Right? And he talks about how people are manipulated. And of course, I'm watching it say, not me. I rebuke this. I'm not manipulated, right? So then he, the video finishes, and now he's in front of the judges. And so he says to the judges, he goes, I'd like you to draw me. And he goes, wait. In fact, audience, I'd like you to take out a piece of paper and draw a picture right now of what's the first thing that's coming to your mind. So everyone draws a picture. He says, don't show me. Just keep it there. Later in the program, I'm going to have you pull it up. So then he says to the one judge that's down there, and I apologize, I don't remember what the guy's name is. So it's on America's Got Talent. So he's like, I want you to draw me a picture of what you see right now. So the guy's like, okay. So the guy draws a picture. So then he, the guy that's standing on the stage, pulls up a picture of a smiling face with that looks like a moon has little pointed stars around it and all this thing. The guy who is the judge goes nuts. He goes, are you kidding me? And he pulls up his, it's the same thing. And he goes, oh, but wait. And then he speaks to all those people in the audience that are on the TV screens. He goes, show me in the camera what you put there. Almost all of them had the same picture. And he looked at him and he said, listen, I want you to understand. I knew that you were going to draw that. In fact, I planned and made sure you would draw that. Now, I'm not in your mind. I didn't, there's nothing demonic here, but I'll tell you what I did. And he went back and he showed the movie, right? The little introduction clip. And when he highlighted it, you could see in every frame which I never saw as I'm walking through this, was a picture of the smiley face with little pointed and the stars in the moon. And so what happened was he subconsciously planted that in every scene so that when it was time right after seeing that for them to draw something, they drew what their subconscious saw. Now you might say, well, Crystal, why is that a big deal? And what in the world does that have to do with emotional intelligence? And what does it have to do with money? We are being fed information to our subconscious all the time. And what happens is if we don't have the emotional intelligence to understand that, gee, maybe this thought to pull everything out of the market may not be from me because actually it's logically doesn't make sense. You know, do you wonder why are there all of a sudden all these gray cars? Why is this all of a sudden the new acceptable purse? Why is this over here the acceptable place to spend money? Understand there's a whole marketing campaign that comes out that drives the emotional behavior of people and that happens with money too. Now let's talk about what happened with the Silicon Valley Bank, all right? When you look at this, first of all, Many of us think of banks, right? We look at a bank and we say, that's where mom, pa, America go. There's 250,000 FDIC insurance, which just means based upon your social security number, if you have $250,000 or less in a bank and the bank goes bankrupt or the bank goes into default and they have to step in, you should be refunded that $250,000 per social security. So not if you have a whole bunch of different accounts inside a bank at $250,000. So most Americans know that. And most Americans tend to feel like they're just like everybody else, right? We know there's a few elite at the top, but overall, we're all the same. So when the Silicon Valley Bank went defunct, 
we all look at it as, well, I shouldn't say we, because I can't verify that you felt this way, but many of the people I spoke with said, well, wait a minute, they're just like us. They're losing money. We're going to lose money. And they made that connection immediately. Did anybody do the homework to say, huh, so what was this bank out in California? Well, this bank out in California, which grew from 2019 till now, it tripled in size, right? It's growing so fast. Why was it growing so fast? Because you had tech startup companies who had mucho money, more than the $250,000 FDIC limit that were putting the money in the bank. Now, the banks, they take the money, and we all know this, right? They either loan it back out or they invest it somewhere so they can make money on your money because they don't use their own money to get rich. They just use yours, but that's just a little freebie. So, right? So, what they did is they had this huge influx of cash that came in. They didn't have enough people to loan it to. So they said, wow, we have got these millions upon millions and millions of dollars. What we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and we're going to buy U.S. treasuries. We're going to buy mortgages. We're going to do this. We'll invest here. And when they started doing this, it was 2019. Now, I know when we're walking through down markets, it's hard to believe that we ever have good markets. But just think back. We had some really good markets, right? Things were growing. Trees were growing to the sky. Well, when you were trying to go into treasury bills or treasury notes or mortgage or bonds, what were they giving? One, two percent around, right? Very low. And you put your money in it and you lock your money up in it. They did the best that they could, even though they weren't diversified, which is a whole nother subject we'll get into. So they invest in these bonds, right? So then we go through a market decline. Imagine that we went through a market decline, which we always, again, for compliance purposes, we do not always go through one, just every one of the 24 years I've been alive as the certified financial planner, but I am clarifying. So we go through this pull down. So now you have people in the tech sector who are losing money because the tech sector did not do well, who are going to the bank to say, oh, I got to take out millions because I'm losing money here and I need an infusion of cash. Well, if 90% of the bank, because that's what they said, and yes, the the quotes will be down below so that you can look at the links. If 90% of these people were not mom, pa, America, 90% were over $250,000 investors and they all begin pulling their money what do we think is going to happen? And when they went to the bank, went to the market and said, hey, hey, here, bonds for sale, bonds for sale. Who wants to buy my bonds at 2%? People are like, are you nuts? I can go to the bank and get like a CD for 5%. Or I can go over here and get one for three or four. Why would I ever want to do a 2% one? And so they had to sell it at a $2 billion, approximately $2 billion loss. Now, those are all things that add up. So you have a bank that was catering to a different clientele than most mom, pa, America banks. But what happens is they were catering to them. They got into trouble because they didn't diversify properly and all their money tied up in low interest type of bonds that nobody wanted to take from them when the influx came out, when the demand for money came out. So we had some problems. But does that automatically mean oh, we're going to go into a 2008, it's going to be worse than 2008, and a lot of the things that have been said there. You know, in hard times, like 2008, 
some good actually came out of it. Some new rules and regulations came out that make the top 15 banks or whoever many banks much stricter on what they're doing. So before we say up one bank, two bank, three banks went default, we are, we're going for a downfall, we have to really pull back on the emotions, walk out of the room, take a deep breath, walk back in and say, okay, what's going on? What could be the reaction from this? Well, with the FDIC, I was pretty proud of them, and I'm not really proud of my government that much. But what happened was FDIC, U.S. Treasury, these guys jump in and they say, oh, wait a minute, we're going to make you guys whole, which is kind of not fair to the rest of us because you guys were tech speculation. You guys had a lot of things there and we're going to end, we may end up eating the ticket on that one. But the point of the matter is the reason why they stepped in so quickly is they wanted to stop the panic. They needed people to say, whoa, 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 this is not the same as 2008. Right. And they, so they went in there and stepped in very quickly. So, how does that impact us now? Well, one of the things we may see is we may see that when we go to the bank and say, Hey, I want to get a car loan, the bank is going to hold on to a lot more money than they used to before. So, they might say, Sure, it's going to be 9%. They, when if you want to get a mortgage, they might say, Oh, I can see how much money I have here. Um, sure, I'll give you a mortgage, but it's going to be X percent. So they're now going to make sure they're not as, as high as risk would be my thought process. So we may see that. Now, if it's a car or if it's a mortgage, at least you have a piece of property that you can give back to them. You know where I really think it's going to hurt? Yeah, I think it's going to hurt the businesses. Because when the businesses are in a tax, they're in a crunch, maybe it's because of taxes, or maybe they find people that want to work and they say, hey, I want to pay you a fair wage. I want to give you a good wage, but I'm going to need to take a business loan so that we can get up to speed so I can have the people on hand. So now that I have the people on hand and can hire them and, and get them paid, then I can have more product and then I can have more profit and then I can pay the bank back. The bank may be saying, uh-huh, uh-uh. I'm not willing to take the risk on you. And if they don't take the risk on the businesses, then the businesses say, well, then I can't afford to hire the people. Then I can't afford to get all my products done. If I can't have my products, then I can't sell it at market. Then my profit goes down. Then now I'm losing. And do you see this self-fulfilling prophecy that happens? So I am not saying that when SVP happened that, oh my gosh, that's nothing. What are you worrying about? Absolutely not. There's going to be some repercussions. But just like I have also been saying that the Fed cannot go from zero to four and a half percent interest rate in 12 months and then say, oh, but you'll be fine. Our economy has to digest. They got to chew on that and say, okay, what just happened? Okay, how is this going to work out? What are all the wrinkles that are going to do? And part of the responsibility. I look at Silicon Valley and I look at that and I say, okay, well, they invested in U.S. Treasuries. Well, they weren't planning that 12 months later they'd be higher. They weren't planning that interest rates would be higher. So I do take some responsibility of this with the government. Like, hey, let's give a break here. Let's think things through and how we're processing this. So do I think there's going to be ramifications? Yeah. Do I think there should be a run on the bank? No. And that's where emotional intelligence comes in. Now, I was frustrated this weekend, and I should probably take a quick break. In fact, let's take a quick break. Then I'll be back, and I'm going to finish up by telling you what frustrated me this weekend, because I'm sure you're dying to know. We'll be back in just 30 seconds with more Crystal Clear Finances. 
There are five ways you can lose money unknowingly and unnecessarily. This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. How you pay for your home, what type of retirement plan you use, determining how college loans work, paying taxes now or later, and paying for major capital purchases like cars and vacations. All five of those areas, when handled properly, can help you avoid unnecessary losses within your cash flow. So take time to learn how to make your money work for you by calling the offices of Crystal Clear Finances at 518-433-7181 today. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. Such a pleasure to be here with you. I know we are down to the wire. I had to take a break. I wanted you to hear about upcoming seminars that we have going and all the goods. But here's what frustrated me this weekend. Here you have Mom Pa America saying, ooh, what's happening? I'm feeling raising interest rates. I'm trying to buy groceries. I'm trying to make sure that I grow my business. All the different places. Hey, I'm trying to retire. All these things are happening. And then you get a couple billionaires. They get on there like, oh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be so bad. I'm thinking maybe you should be selling. Have you seen these? And uh, yes, for compliance purposes, I will go back and pull that one that I saw and put it in the link so that there's verification on everything I'm saying. But here's what frustrates me. So the if billionaires, a couple, just a couple, we're not telling the whole world, we're just saying a couple get on there and they say you should sell. How do you think that would impact them? Do you think there's any way that when you sell at a loss, they could be buying at a a, a loss? And when you finally feel comfortable to come back in and they tell you it's safe to get in the waters because the market's gone back up, they can sell you that same thing at a high that you can buy it at? Do you think any of that would play in this? People, follow the money. If somebody's giving you advice, what's behind it? What's behind when people are saying, quick, you know, you look at the media and the media is there and you're like, well, the media is telling me this. What does the media thrive on? Viewership, right? How do you get people to view? Well, you tell them that all these crazy things are happening that you can't miss. You need to tune in at the four o'clock, the five o'clock, the six o'clock, because something might even be better at the 10 o'clock and the 11 o'clock. Do you go back to the video that I talked about? with a smiley face that everyone drew the paper because they all were seeing the same Kool-Aid. When we begin to think about emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence is the ability to say, I feel scared right now. I'm unsure right now. I don't like this. I feel lost right now. I don't know what to do. It's acknowledging that you have those feelings and choosing not to act on them best definition ever, right? I'm acknowledging these are the emotions I have, but they may not be accurate. So I'm going to just acknowledge that you're here. Thank you for telling me that you're scared and you think we need to take everything out of the bank. But now I'm going to go do some homework. And here's the homework that probably I'm hoping that you would have done. It said, am I well diversified? Do I have everything in the bank? Do I have everything in the market? Or have I been working with Crystal Clear Finances and have I put, oh, I've got money over here that's not market related. I've got cash over here. Oh, I've got gold and silver at home. Oh, I've got an annuity over here. I've got stock market for potential upturn. I've got all these things in place. And you know what? 
I'm making my bills. I'm, I'm able to pay everything and enjoy life. Well, I'm looking at the clock and realizing, yep, it's already at the end of another time. And did I get through it? No, but wasn't that an awesome review of the last two weeks? So here's what we'll do. Next week, I want to join you again. And next week, I really want to focus on, okay, so if we need to have spiritual awareness, I think we've covered that, check. And we need to have emotional intelligence. And I think we covered that definition of it and gave a practical example of, hey, Here's a great way that we can use emotional intelligence right here and now with this banking thing. And if they're saying that we really are going to go through a, a slight recession, a mild recession, how do we get our emotions under control? So next week, we're going to talk about what are some of the financial steps that we can be taking. And then if we have time, we're going to talk about, okay, we have spiritual, we have emotional, we have mechanical, we're, we've got our oxygen mask on. How do we get the oxygen mask on for our next generation? That's what we'll talk about even in the future. So if you would like more information, please give our office a call at 518-433-7181. I encourage you, schedule that free initial consultation. It's actually painless. It's a lot of fun. And so uh, join us again next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through Alpha Star Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and Alpha Star are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.